Welcome to Divorce Well with Equal Exes. My name is Bridget Jackson and I'm the founder of Equal Exes. I'm a divorce coach, settlement strategist, and I successfully guide people through relationship breakups. We are really proud to launch our first podcast series, Divorce Well with Equal Exes. In our first series, we are focusing on educating you all about divorce and separation. Professionals such as a lawyer, career coach, divorce accountant, parenting specialist, and other professionals who work at the coalface of such stressful life-changing events will be talking about their specialities as it relates to separation. Many have been divorced themselves, so understand the emotional ringer of separation firsthand. Let's face it, divorce is at the top of the stress continuum and can have dire consequences for you. You must be informed and educated about the process, the pitfalls and the best way to negotiate the divorce maze. It is such a difficult period in your life for you, your ex-spouse, your kids, your wider family and the community you live in. Knowledge is power means that a person going through divorce or separation is educated and has complete control of his or her life by using that knowledge. It's a known fact that educated people can handle things in life from a better perspective. Let this be you. On today's podcast, we are speaking to Equalex's newest divorce coach, Lisa Hubbard. Lisa has experienced multiple aspects of divorce. She's a child of divorced parents who had a high conflict breakup, and she personally has been through both divorce and a de facto separation from the father of her 12-year-old son. Lisa is going to discuss with us today the six biggest lessons she has learned from her separation and divorce. Welcome to the podcast, Lisa. Thank you. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. So I think our listeners will be really interested to hear about your lessons and insights from divorce and separation. So just explain it in terms of um, you've had your finger in many pies, so to speak, in terms of being a child of divorce, being the dumpy and being the dumper. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's a good, a good thing. There's probably very few careers you could make out of divorce. <laughs> this is it though but you are it yeah, you've, you've, you've walked in a lot of people's shoes I have, I have. perhaps even the three times uh, three people yeah yeah pe- people's have. worth of divorce and separation so so much to talk about where should we start oh, I guess like the reason that I I um, decided to study for to become a divorce coach was because of my experience yeah um my most recent breakup a couple of years ago to the father of my son was incredibly difficult and it was after a 17-year relationship. Right. And as much as I had been a child of divorce, you know, with my parents and had been through divorce before, actually having a child going through um, that breakup I, I just I really struggled with it um, and in the process of finding out how to deal with it I was probably about a year in when I started googling grief and grief and divorce yeah and I came across this thing called divorce coaching and I'd already always had a coach um, in a business sense and I've coached in a business sense before and then this concept of divorce coaching 
and then being able to help people, that there were people out there who could help you through the process of divorce was just like a real light bulb moment for me. And I thought, gosh, if there's, you know, if there's a way of helping other people, then I want to be involved. Do it in a more positive and, yeah. and, and better way. Absolutely. I mean, I'm sure you're the same. I have lost count of the amount of people who said, I wish I had you two years ago or five years ago. Um, Equalex is to help us and help me through the process. Absolutely. Like yeah. I said, I was a year in, so I'd made, I learned the hard way, I guess. Um, I, what I, one of the things I did learn, so my lesson number one was that there is a process to divorce. Mm. You know, there are practical things that need to be done along the way for your divorce and your separation. You shared it's like a job, assets. isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. You shared marital assets, your, you know, all of those things. Um, but there's, and then there's, an emo- there's the emotional side that runs parallel to it. And for me, and certainly many of our clients, many of the people that I've spoken to over the years, they're in, they, it gets intertwined. And here you are trying to make decisions about, you know, legal decisions about your future and your children's future when actually you're wrapped up in the emotion of it. And it's very, very difficult to make good decisions mm. at a time like that. So, yeah, mm. I had made my, I made decisions when I was emotional and with the benefit of hindsight, there was probably some things in there. And you hadn't, you hadn't had any coaching, had you? you <laughs> I had not had, had any coaching. How to manage your emotions no, through the process. no. And, and it's, it's, I did want to ask you, what were your learnings from being a child? How old were you of divorce, uh, do you think? My, I was 12. Um, same age as your son Same now. age as my, uh, my son. And mm-hmm. I'm ironically incredibly grateful for the experience because it certainly formed how I've wanted to conduct myself, but also um, the type of relationship I wanted to forge with my now mm. ex. Mm. Um, my parents, um, it was it was high conflict. It was really hard. It was mm. horrible. Mm. As a child, I was angry and hurt and confused. Um, do you feel like you were put first or not? Um, uh, yeah, I, I do. I think mum in particular really tried to put us first. Um, but it was really tough. So I was also trying, being the eldest in the family, trying to support my mum because mm. you know she was mm. she was doing it rough and working a few jobs and trying to navigate that space as well. Um, I mean, they did the best that they could at the time, but it certainly had an impact on me to the point where I didn't know whether I was going to have children again or even get married. No, no, I wasn't going to. Yeah, I wasn't going to get married. I wasn't going to have children. Um, until <laughs> until I, I absolutely knew that I was going to, you know, make the love of my life in order to be forever. Um, so that it had a profound impact. But on the flip side, it really was a key driver to forging a positive relationship with my ex for mm. my son mm. and between the two of us. So, you know. Yeah. Well, there is always positives of separation, isn't there? Yeah, sometimes you have to dig a little deep. That's right, to uh, find them. To find them. Um, My mantra is there's always a positive and a negative. You just need to find that positive. Yeah, and I think there's timing with that as well. You know, it might not be obvious to you at the time that you were going through it. Like at 3am or something when you're on the floor of the bathroom and floods of tears and counting down every minute until the sun comes up. Mm. It's kind of hard to find the... The positive, but yeah, you know, six months, a year down the track, absolutely. A different person. Different person. Blossoming. Yeah. 
out of your cocoon, yeah. you know. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's very difficult to, well, actually, it's impossible, let's face it, to negotiate with someone who can't manage their emotions during yeah. the process. And particularly, there's a real difference if it's a mutual decision to separate or you're the initiator or not. Yeah, absolutely. Isn't there? You know? Yeah, absolutely. I liken it to a running race that if you're the initiator of a separation, and you've been both, haven't you? You've yeah. been the initiator. Yeah. So you would have run that running race. You would have, like many women, have emotionally left that relationship two years before you left physically. Yeah. And then run the running race and pass the finish line, whereas your ex would have been probably, even though may have realised there's some issues in the relationship. Yeah felt blindsided and so was at the start of that race and um it's interesting seems to be very very common that a lot of men predominantly men are happy to stay in this less than mediocre relationships for the sake of it yeah yeah i I read that stat it always you know that surprised me yeah that one i could certainly see how that might be the case but that that surprised me and i would say the thing about that running race is it doesn't matter which race you're in, like if you're the initiator or um, you're on the receiving end, there's still, like when I was the initiator, the guilt that I felt for um, disappointing my ex-husband and my family, the failure, you know, and wanting, you know, that that saying that it's, it's not... Um, them, it's me, or it's not you, you know, yeah. it's me, yeah. absolutely was the case here. I was in, uh, married to a really, really lovely, good man, um, and it, but it was me. We'd been together for a very long time, 13 years, and I'd grown up in that relationship. I was really, really lucky that we kind of, we, we experienced a lot of things. We traveled the world, our careers, all of those things. We lived three lifetimes. Um, but I was coming up to 30 and really starting to, you know, question who I was and where I was going and all of those things I didn't really know myself so I wanted to I was guilty because I wanted to flick the switch I should be feeling so how long have you been together you have been together since you were like 16 because (laughs) interesting you say 13 years do you know why why because the average in New Zealand I saw the stat um for people separating which is exactly the number of when I separated was 13.6 years. Ah, there we go. And I was 13.6 years after leaving that marriage. And you were 13 I years 13 after years leaving well. your relationship. Well, if I'd known that, then maybe I wouldn't have felt as guilty as I did. Because I just wanted to fix myself, you know. Yeah. Why can't I feel this way? That guilt that comes with that. Um, and there's grief that comes with it as well, oh, even yeah. if you're the initiator. You know, you you don't people don't get married to... No, I was envisaging my 60th wedding anniversary cake and who would be coming and if I'd be able to hobble up the stairs to the venue. You know, like (laughs) I was really thinking life is guaranteed. Yeah, yeah. You know, she'll be right. If we ever did separate, which will never happen, but he'll look after me. Yeah. (laughs) You know. I shouldn't laugh at that point, but yes. Yeah. Didn't even cross the air. Naivety. 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 Unpreparedness. Yeah. That's, and certainly on the flip side, when I was the one that um, was left, and I did feel completely and utterly blind, blindsided at the time. Um, you know, hindsight's a wonderful thing yeah. when you can look back. But um, that's one of the other lessons that I, I learned, that just appreciating that somebody leaves before, you know, decides before the other person, and they are much more prepared 
So when you are... Even if it's just know, mentally. Exactly. Um, mentally, emotionally, yeah. just in the practical things. Um, you know, when you're dealing with the shock of it and the other, the partner, the ex-partner, is actually working out what the separation agreement looks like and is coming to you with, you know, decisions And you're to going, make. wow, yeah. I am not even there. No, and you do, and you think that you should be there. Um, that is a really, really tough place. Because, be. you know, invariably, you, you look back on the last few weeks or months and go, well, where were the signs? Yeah. <laughs> no, but the, the another step for you is that on average, um, people don't do anything about the issues they have in their relationship for six years. Well, by the time that comes around, the horse has bolted. Yeah. Or the horses have bolted. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that makes sense. So, um, yeah, tell me more about what you've learnt and the, and the guidance that you can give other people who are listening on our podcast today. Um, one of the other lessons I learned that there is a difference to parenting in a partnership um, versus co-parenting as you know a divorced couple or Ch- a separated Yeah, tell couple. us more about that. What do you think that looks like? Another one that I learned the hard way. <laughs> um, this was actually courtesy of my divorce coach, yeah. and we were. I was witnessing my son going through a very challenging time. He was incredibly upset um, uh, on, a cert- on certain occasions, and I was seeing it. So I was going to my ex and telling him, look, we need to, you know, there's a problem. We need to fix this. Um, and he didn't see it. Our son wasn't displaying those characteristics at all with his dad, um, and he would say, our son would say things to me like, you know, and I'd encourage him to talk to his dad. Oh no, mum, I don't want dad to change his mind about loving me like mm. he did about you. I'm like, no, that can't happen, mm. that can't happen. So mm. I was really worried that what was going on was going to impact on his relationship with his dad. Understandably. Primarily because my relationship with my father was severely impacted to the point where we have nothing to do with each other, unfortunately, now. And we haven't for 30 or 40 years. So I was probably overcompensating, not wanting, excuse me, that to be the case for our son. I'm telling my ex, this is what's happening. He can't see it at all. Um, Our son seems very happy when he's with him. So, and we, so we're really arguing about this. So I went off to my divorce coach, ex- having, expecting to have a big rant and... Her to say yes, that's her, yes, guide you in so that this direction. Is, in my defence, this was at the very early stages of, my, of having my divorce coach. So yes. I wasn't quite yet fully au fait with the framework. Um, of course. I went along and expected, much like a friend, you know, have a big rant and she's going to pat me on the back and, Go, you know, yeah. say, come on, you, you know, this is important. Yes, it needs to be sorted and... Dare I say, what a dick he is, or something like that. But she didn't. No, she it's said, not our role. No, no, it's not. She said to me, is your son safe when he's with his dad? I mean, yes, absolutely. Does um, his dad love him? And I went, absolutely, he would do anything for him. And she said, then you need to back away. Hmm. I was like, what? She said, you need to back away. You are parenting as if you are in a partnership where you, you know, can balance each other out and you feed each other information. She said, but actually, he, that when your son is with his father, 
Uh, if he is safe and he is well loved, then the time he is with his father, then it's his father's responsibility mm-hmm. to forge that relationship. And the consequences of any decisions his father's making will be his consequences with his son. And I was mortified. Because you're coming from a place of fear. Right? I'm coming from a place of fear. Particularly that we see a lot of that, actually, don't yeah. we, in terms of... Predominantly, it's the women who are the caregivers. Yeah. And they've been doing it for 24-7. Yeah. And I remember it myself. You know, um, we were nesting and we had a separate apartment that we would week on, week off on in. And um, I would be sitting alone in my apartment with no noise, yeah. nothing. And friends would ring up and say, God, it must be great. Be like <laughs> being on holiday, not having any children. I went, and, well, actually, it's not. I'm really very alone. and Terrible to start with. My life has changed. And I actually look back and go, I should have appreciated that fighting and all the mess more, you know. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. But those, you know, that that those decisions and and that you've made together when you are mm. um when you are parenting in partnership and certainly in a great parenting plan there are still joint decisions etc that are there but you know the time that they spend with the other partner is is really really important um as she pointed out to me and you know initially i was said to you i was mortified and I really disagreed. I was like, oh no, this is, you know, this is my son and I'm really worried about him. Um, and she said, this is where you've got to hand over the reins to his dad. And she said, you've got to give him the space to step up. Um, so I kind of, initially, I discarded <laughs> her, her views, uh, but it sat with me. It really sat with me and I just couldn't kind of get it out of my my head or my gut. So about a week and a half later, um, I realised actually she was quite, quite right. He was our son was absolutely safe, and his dad absolutely adored him, and he wouldn't do anything to him mm. that would hurt him. And it made sense that he wasn't going to act given he couldn't see it. So I called my ex um, and apologised, and you know, told how did him, that go? Well, there was silence <laughs> from his side of the side of the phone. Actually, um, uh, I mean, it went well. I, you know, I was actually I was proud of myself. It was hard to do at the time, but I told him this is I'm getting some help mm. with a divorce coach. This is what she's pointed out to me, and that I realise he's safe with you and that you love him. You're not going to do anything mm. to. Mm. to hurt him and I need to step back and give you the space to be a dad and there was just this silence and ironically after the silence he turned around and said hmm there could be a bit of an issue what do you think we should do about it so I'd been knocking my head against a brick wall for probably a couple of months um but it wasn't until I stepped back and let him yeah well it's coming back to isn't it it's um coming back to realizing that you can only change your actions and behaviors you can't change anyone else's yeah absolutely you know and i mean that's pretty amazing because you're still in the throes of all of this chaos and drama and going through the separation and managing your emotions and all of that and you actually took that guidance on board yeah and it's positively affected your relationship not only then, but also now, yeah, in the absolutely. future. Yeah. Absolutely. And you know, my son, um, not our son, just so we're three and a half years in now to our um, separation. 
and our son was I was lying on the couch with him a couple of months ago having a cuddle watching a movie and out of the blue he tells me he says oh mum I've just got the best life and I'm like why is that we, I mean we weren't watching a movie about divorced families or anything like that so it's completely out of the blue and he's like well I get the best of both worlds I get to have my mummy time with you and we can cuddle on the couch and we have mummy dates and he's like um, don't take this the wrong way mum but then when I'm with dad we like have some dad time and dad dates and bro time and you know dad picks me up um, he's like don't take it the wrong way because you're divorced he calls us divorced even though we're separated don't take this the wrong way because you're divorced and I know you were sad to start with but you know I see dad more now than I think I would if we were like a normal family Versus, you know, dad picks me up from school and dad comes to basketball now and dad comes to my stuff, you know, on the on the weekend and at school and, you know, things that he, he may not have done um, otherwise. But I was blown away that my son could recognise that. And he is, you know, he's thriving. Mm. So, I mean, that's the best, that's the best thing of all, right? Well, I mean, you know, it's the old saying is... Um, children first, parents second. Yes, absolutely. And some people find that really difficult to get their head around. Yeah. But you've had no regrets, have you? No. And it's really hard to do yeah. at times. You know, yeah. that probably leads into my other point around holding yourself to account. Yeah. Because when it does get, if it does get a bit challenging in there at times and the emotions are running high or you're overwhelmed or all of the above and the kids are upset when all of that is happening... Mm. Take a step back, grab it, you know, take a beat, grab a breath and just hold yourself to account. And if the decision, you know, that you're about to make has got the best interest of the kids in, in mind, then great. But if it doesn't, you know, if in five years time you're going to look back or when you're 95, you're going to look back and you're going to regret it, then, you know, mm. back away from that decision. You only get one life. So... Do it with grace. Hold yourself with dignity. You're the oh, one who has to live with yourself. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And what's your child going to say about your separation when he's 25 to other people? Yeah. Envisaging that. Yeah. Oh, you know. Our son tells his, um, his teachers, <laughs> he changed schools last year and he went to... Um, what is now... What was intermediate school, so year seven. And we're going along to the meet the teacher experience and the teacher's asking him um all about himself and and he says oh my parents are divorced but it's okay we have a happy divorce i love it <laughs> i mean you know you've yeah. got to pat yourselves on the back for yeah. that haven't you yeah it's look i'll be honest it's challenging at, at at times but absolutely that's what we you know we aim for um, and it was our son that reminded us of that at the very beginning, actually. He probably set the bar in a, in a way when we were telling him what was happening. Um, and we were both around that weekend that we'd had the conversation so that he could ask any questions. Yes, and yes. at one point in time, <laughs> he yells out from the lounge room, are we going to have an ugly divorce and an angry divorce? Oh, I like love it. Such and such. Um, a friend of his at school and the ex and I looked at each other and went, no, no. And I replied, no, we're going to have a happy divorce as best as we can. It might be a little rough sometimes, but that's what we're planning to do. I mean, so. that is just brilliant, isn't yeah. it? 
you know yeah. it, it it really is um yeah it, it, it and it that's quite different to mine yeah you know yeah mine was the complete opposite and uh you know the last thing you want to do is decimate your relationship with your ex because yeah. invariably it's the children that get massively impacted yeah Exactly. The worst, and it doesn't just end when you've certi- when the um, separation agreement's being certified and signed. It it just continues on for years. Yeah, you know, well, that's the state my um, parents. You know, it's been forty or something years now, and they can't stand to be. Don't even want to think about you know each other. Um, but it did impact on the kids as much as the bitterness. Was the bitterness, you know, mm. the it's the. And I went from being my dad's little girl to, you know, we didn't have anything to do with each other by the time I was 14. And that's incredibly difficult. Well, you know, the biggest thing is do not, do not disparage your ex to your children, isn't it? Exactly. I know, we know it's frustrating and it's really difficult to not do it. But don't do it. But I'd put up my hand and say, I did that in the early, early days. Yeah. Well, it's hard not to. And I, what's ironic in my situation was my mum didn't. She probably had every right to, but she just, wow. she didn't. She really encouraged us to, you know, um, dad's going through a hard time too. And, you know, he doesn't, that's, I'm sure that's not what he meant. And, you know, your dad loves you. So on the flip side, that's not what dad was saying yeah so that's the bit that's actually where it came unraveled for me i mean everyone's you know experience is different but yeah don't disparage the other no no because it makes children think they have to choose in terms of parents and you know children need a mum and a mum a dad and a dad or a mum and a dad don't they yeah they really do they love and support and um, certainly initially that routine, just letting them know what's the plan. They're going to have spag bowl on Wednesday nights. Yeah, that's the one. Yep. And they're going to see all of their friends. They're going to continue with the activities yep. as long as mum and dad can commit, or mum and mum, dad, dad, can commit to actually doing that when it's their turn to... Favourite cookies in the house, that was one of our... One of the questions, favourite cookies. Well, I still had... What other favourite cookies? Well, way back then that they were actually um, mum's homemade Afghans. So (laughs) it did make it a little challenging. But I baked baked extra so he could take them over to his dad. But that was a, you know, that was a a request there around. Will I still Mm. be able, if I've got two houses... Yeah. Will I be able to have my favourite cookies? Will they be at both? I love it. And he's got two bedrooms. Two bedrooms. And and, and, and I say to clients, um, you know, take the kids to look sharp and say, how would you like to decorate your room for 20 bucks? Yeah. Exactly. Make a plan, you know, make it exciting for them so that it's, I mean, because it can be an incredibly sad time for you and for them. Yeah. Um, But actually, going, okay, well, and we're all in, you know, talking to mum and dad or mum and mum or dad and dad, whoever it is, involving both sides of it, that it's, you know, this is what we're doing for, you know, I could maybe do for both houses if that was the case. Yeah, and that's coming back to, you know, as you touched on and as we talk about, is that both, um, all the children in terms of the divorce disclosure, when the parents tell the children, want both parents to be there. Yeah. And, you know, 
they're all going to process it potentially the children differently so as you happened with your scenario probably guided by your divorce scope <laughs> in terms of being around for a couple of days and not having any appointments and so being around the house both of you to discuss anything if children want to ask any questions and making sure that you spend time individually with them as well yeah and once again it's not about disparaging the ex to when you chat chat to the children individually and it's also not about the parents supporting the the, the children feeling like they need to support the parents yeah yeah exactly um, we were we were still both in the home at that point and I have to say that weekend we specifically told our son on a Friday yes so that we would all be around yeah um, and it was so beneficial he, the number of questions he came up with you know that would just come from out of nowhere um, while he was playing basketball he'd stop and come over yeah. or that yeah. night going to to bed and you're having a cuddle and something else might you know come up so those little moments along the way how vitally important that time really is to have time the children. kids want time they want, and they time. want you to be engaged yeah um, now I note that you also learnt about investing in the help of experts and professionals. <laughs> I learnt this one too late, Bridget. Yeah, I had thought we had a um, my de facto relationship. We had a prenup um, that you know, and my ex was well down the the path of being prepared, and I wasn't. So it all seemed pretty straightforward from his perspective. And it, it largely was, but, you know, the decisions that I was making and the things that I was thinking, well, I shouldn't, you know, I want to keep the um, costs to a minimum. You know, investing in a lawyer is going to be really expensive. So, yeah, I just, I learned the hard way. Yeah. I made decisions um, at that time when I probably, I needed a thinking partner in there who was going to guide me it's a divorce coach yeah right? exactly mm -hmm. um instead of you know just just going through it and it was so overwhelming and so stressful so i would say and this is not about pushing divorce coaching although obviously a big fan of it um people definitely need it but i'm not saying that i'm not saying invest in the experts because of that i'm saying it because i just genuinely think it can be so overwhelming were you a reactive rather than proactive do you think Oh, I was reactive. I was yeah. still trying to deal with the shock yeah. and then the anger yeah. and yeah. then the overwhelm. I mean, where was I going to live? And, yeah. um, you know, COVID had just hit and the business I was working in, you know, had just was in the process of restructuring. So all of those things, let alone sign here, here's the price yeah. for the house. Totally reactive. But it's just like someone dying, isn't it? Yeah. Except they're still around, usually. Yeah, exactly. Yeah so it's so difficult so having you know investing in the experts whether it's you know getting a um a couple of valuations done for a business for yeah. example you know financial not just advice. trying financial advice financial planning financial planning financial advice divorce coach you know get everything sorted before then you can go Prepare to the lawyer yeah yep. exactly spend the time doing yeah. the practical stuff and it will stand you in good stead along the way your parenting plan as well spending some time actually nutting out what that could look like yeah even before. if it's an interim one yeah exactly yeah, yeah so what's your final little lesson then my final lesson is um 
divorce doesn't have to define you negatively. You know, it can be an opportunity and potentially an unwanted opportunity at the time, but it can be an opportunity to redesign your life. You know, it can be a real positive. And while I was blindsided, I can honestly say that I'm living my best life now. I've never been happier, like mm. in myself. Mm. Like I've been, I feel like I've been to hell and back. Mm. I know who I am now. Mm. I know what's important to me. Um, I know what I'm looking for in terms of a relationship. I'm proud of the mum that I was. I'm really proud of the way that I navigated through all of the... And you're you now, aren't you? Like yeah. in a relationship when you're trying to be somebody you're not you lose your identity and you lose your purpose don't you, yeah, you do. because I've got to be like because I've got to keep trying at being someone that I'm actually not and feel like I'm not being accepted for who I am I just and I felt um like I've always been someone who has big visions of the future yeah and when I came out of that probably that year year and a half space and had got through the process of the divorce the separation I just was, I had no dreams. I was yeah. like, I'd been so tied to our dreams and our life um, while I was in independent within that. And I didn't know what it was to feel hope or to feel joy again. I didn't know if I was going to feel any of those things again, let alone be attractive or any of those things. And then I, my coach, thankfully, went, actually, Lisa, you've got, you can have a blank, you've got a blank canvas. Yeah. You can take all, look back and take all the good bits of your life and bring those forward and anything that wasn't, learn from it. But you've got an opportunity to, to paint something beautiful. So what do you want it to be? I mean, I'm in my 50s. I'm probably in the best, best time of my life and financially independent. And now I actually do have time on my hands. I've gotten quite used to it when our son is with his dad. Um, to have some time to think about me and here I am, you know, working here doing something that I absolutely love and I'm passionate about. Yeah. You know, it yeah. doesn't have to be a negative experience. No, but it takes time to get there, but doesn't it? But it takes time to get there. Yeah. yeah. Time definitely is a healer. Yes. Isn't it? <laughs> I think so. Um, well, as a divorce coach who has personally navigated the tumultuous waters of divorce, it's evident through Lisa's story that the journey through divorce and separation is a profound blend of emotional, introspective and practical considerations. While divorce or separation may be a chapter in your story, it does not have to define who you are. It's an opportunity for growth, self-discovery and the rekindling of passions and dreams. Embrace this transformational journey with an open heart and know that you have the power to shape your future beyond the confines of divorce. As you navigate this path, may you find strength, resilience and the ability to craft a new narrative filled with hopes and possibilities. So that is what Lisa is doing and thank you very much for coming on today. My pleasure. I think thank it's, you for having me. I think it's going to offer a lot of people listening in some really good advice and tips for moving forward. And Lisa is available for a free 15-minute consultation. You can go on to um, our website and book in, and she would love to hear from you, Absolutely. wouldn't you? Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Bye. Bye.